Hello, and welcome again to Forefront 360, where we discuss the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. You now find yourself listening to an arts review episode, where different participants in Forefront take a few minutes to share with you what we have been experiencing and enjoying in the arts. My name is Rich Crispin, one of the co-leaders of Forefront, and I have with me here Cody Schweiker. Yo, yo, yo. Robbie Davis. Hello, Forefront listeners. Zach Osinski. Hello. And Nate Mancini. Hello. All right. So today we will start with Cody Schweiker. Cody, what do you got to share with us? Well, the thing I've been enjoying most is Robbie's greeting. Um, It's just, (laughs) hello, Forefront listeners. It's classy. It's intimate. You could tell he cares about our audience. And um, yeah, so I've been most inspired by that. But uh, something else that I've been enjoying a lot lately is the Instagram feed of one Sasha Halleck. He is uh, an artist out of Brooklyn, and I, I actually have a, a personal connection with this man. I'm um, blessed enough to know him. He's an incredible man of God, uh, husband, father, and uh, just an, an incredible man. Loves the Lord um, like few other people I know. Um, but Cody, that's could you, you yeah. spell that for us if we want to look him up? I'm yes, good, good call. Um, so his name's Sasha Halleck. His do you call it a handle on Instagram? I'm pretty yeah. new. Is it a yeah. handle? Thanks, Rich. But uh, the the handle is S A S H A H A L L O C K. So pull that up right now, uh, as long as you're not driving. And this feed is just like gold. The dude is prolific. He just pumps out these incredible um, abstract paintings. It's watercolor. It's pencil. It's like it's fantastic. Um, I'm not an expert on visual art, but uh, I'm not I'm not sharing about Sasha's work because I know him personally. I'm sharing because it's incredible. Um, yeah, so just a ton of color and texture, and you can tell he really cares about um, where he lives in Brooklyn. He loves the community, and I think he tries to incorporate that into his pieces. So, yeah, I've been I've been loving that. Do I smell a future forefront featured artist? Absolutely, I got to get this guy in a podcast. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, Robbie, would you like to share anything with us today? I would. Uh, so. This is someone I've been aware of the existence of for since I think March or April, I want to say. I went to a a conference and and on a panel they had a an interview of a, a girl who at the time I think she was only 19. Uh her name is Molly Kate Klein. And uh, for all you grammars out there, that's M-O-L-L-Y-K-A-T-E-C-L-I-N-E. Um and I first came to know of her through this conference, and she uh, is actually, believe it or not, a New York Fashion Week featured designer. Um, and, and again, at the age of nineteen, uh, her her wow. designs were featured uh, in New York Fashion Week. And she's a strong Christian. And I actually, through work, had the privilege of interviewing her for a radio segment, which will probably end up being about uh, three quarters of an hour uh, when all is said and done. And, uh, but beyond that, she's not just a, you know, you know, nationally recognized fashion designer. She also has her own line that I believe is being, uh, released for, for, I guess you'd say public consumption rather than, uh, couture designs, 
uh, in the next, uh, what is it, 2019, the beginning of 2019, it's being released. Uh, and she's also a featured writer in Teen Vogue. And believe it, believe it or not, even though Teen Vogue is known for fashion, she hasn't written a lick about fashion for Teen Vogue. Most of her stuff on Teen Vogue has actually been about mental health. Uh, she has some familial, uh, really deep familial uh, connections with mental health. Her father um, uh, took his own life, actually, believe it or not, uh, at a very young age, uh, when, or her, when she was at a very young age, and then her best friend did as well in high school. Um, but the, the beauty of the, all of this, uh, whether it be her you know, being featured as a young designer at a young age or um, having to face some real struggles personally, uh, has been uh, her faith. Uh, she, she, actually, the line that was featured in New York Fashion Week is about the the biblical story of creation, uh, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And she got to share the gospel at New York Fashion Week through this line. Uh, and she got to share it with the models who, coincidentally, she started sharing this. And I believe all the models that were wearing her dresses said, you know, you're a Christian? No, no way. So are we. Um and so she just has this incredible story about God bringing her through uh, her life, uh, whether she acknowledged it or not. Uh, and I believe she came to faith at the age of uh, 15 or 16. She's wild. It really has this really neat story. Uh, and her line is is um, uh, all about sustainable clothing and all about – and that comes from her faith too. She believes that you know we're stewards of God's creation and she wants to – uh, reflect that in the clothes that she designs, the clothes that she puts forward. So um, you won't find all of that on on her Instagram, but I'd highly recommend you know following her, catching up uh, with with the updates that she puts out there because it's uh, the more you find out about her, the more you're just thinking. And so she's 20 now, but still, she's she was a 20 year old fashion designer who's been nationally recognized. So clearly, there's something about her that. Um, whether it be her, her her talent or her faith, that is worth worth you know taking note of. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, cool. All right, Zach, you're up. What do you got to share with us? Hello. So I need to make good on a statement I made on forefront forefront three hundred and sixty about a year ago, <laughs> where I was talking about Christmas music, and I was admittedly quite a Grinch during Christmas last year. And I think I know. Krasinski. There we go. Yep. But um I I made a statement along the lines of anybody can make a Christmas album. Uh regarding just my kind of boredom with Christmas music at that time in my life. And um <laughs> so I've been a bit more intentional this year um seeking out music not just for like the christmas season but for the advent season as a whole um and what i found i found a few albums so far but the one that i want to talk about today is emmanuel by a new york-based singer-songwriter melanie penn um, I first discovered Melanie Penn through the Cultivated podcast hosted by Mike Cosper. And sh- her interview to this date is one of my favorites that's ever been on that show. I've listened to it at least three times. Um, just such a joyful, infectious spirit. 
and she has a wild faith story and has been a classically trained Mozart opera singer turned Broadway performer is now a singer songwriter. Also, I'm not sure if she is anymore. I know she has been a worship leader at um, Redeemer Presbyterian in New York. Um, But last year she came out with her third studio album, which is her first Christmas album called Emmanuel. And what I really have been appreciating about this album is for one, it's aside from uh, she has, she does a, her own version of joy to the world. Um, But aside from that, it's all original writing. And beyond that, each song aside from joy to the world is a song written from the perspective of a character in the Christmas story. And she starts all the way back in Isaiah and goes all the way to the star of Bethlehem. And she, she said in the interview about just her, her writing process and her, as she reflected on just how she was going to write these songs, she, she said, quote, there's something about the quote unquote normalness of the Christmas story. I'd never thought of before. These people were so regular, living their lives as a shepherd, a young girl, or a carpenter. And yet, they encountered the supernatural, and their lives changed forever. I have to believe that's still happening every day, especially in the telling and retelling of the Christmas story. So this album, I mean... I have just been really, really refreshed by it and really joyfully encouraged by the work she's done here. Just illuminating the Christmas story in a totally new and really special light. Um, So I would highly recommend checking out Emmanuel by Melanie Penn. Um, If you're looking for really great Christmas music, I'd also recommend... Josh Garrels's Christmas album. Um, I think that one's called The Light Came Down. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yep. The Light Came Down. Sleeping at Last has a great one that just came out. Um, but yeah, so there is an abundance of great Christmas music out there. And I'm looking forward to experiencing more of it this season. Zach, when are we going to see your Christmas album? <laughs> Uh, who knows? Maybe someday. Anybody can write one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> cover, Do like jazz flute covers of Christmas standards. Oh, my gosh. And release them on That'd be amazing. I don't think anyone needs to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Make Christmas music jazz again. Mm. Anyway. Wait, I've got a quick proposal, Zach. I think um, we were talking recently and you mentioned uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. Uh Now, I'm just spitballing here, but let's say you comprise some of Bach's work and I do a couple covers of Tupac and we combine that and make it Christmassy somehow. And it's Uh called Tupac. 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 (laughs) 
All right, we'll talk more off the air, but let's let's move on. But I think it's golden. All right, DM me. Slide into the Okay. On the topic of Christmas and Advent, um, I would like to recommend a fantastic book for y'all. Um, at a, in March, uh, I recommended to you guys on a Forefront 360 Arts Review um, a book of Lenten readings from Plow Publishers that has really been uh, tremendously impactful to me. Um, at that time, I was leading a small group from my church in um, weekly contemplative prayer, using this book as a guide uh, alongside scripture to lead us in preparation for Easter. And I had mentioned at that time that there was, there had also been released an Advent version of this book. So if you go back, if you remember from March, or if you scroll back to March and listen to that, all the praises that I sang about the, um, Lenten version of this book still ring true for this one as well. Um, this version is called Watch for the Light, Readings for Advent and Christmas. And um, I just can't can't sing these books praises enough. Um, it's a a collection of short essays and and or poems from all different writers, theologians, philosophers of faith um, through all of, of Christendom. Some of the writers in this particular version, which is a little shorter than the Lenten one, which makes sense because the, the season is two weeks shorter. But um, some of the writers are uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, John Donne, uh, C.S. Lewis, Madeline Langle, um, Soren Kierkegaard, Oscar Wilde. So it's, it's uh, hopefully at least one of those names uh, piqued your interest. But the... Description on, uh, I think I read this description online and I really liked it for the book. Um, and it's from Google Books, so not a, uh, not a Christian source. In fact, Google Books classifies this under the genre of various religion. But anyway, um, it, uh, the description says, Though Christians the world over make yearly preparations for Lent, there's a conspicuous lack of good books for that other great spiritual season often forgotten. Advent. All the same, this four-week period leading up to Christmas is making a comeback as growing numbers reject shopping mall frenzy and examine the deeper meaning of the season. Uh, Then it says, ecumenical in scope, these devotions invite the reader to contemplate the great themes of Christmas and the significance of the coming, or that the coming of Jesus has for each of us, not only during Advent, but every day. Whether dipped into at leisure or used on a daily basis, Watch for the Light gives the phrase holiday preparations new depth and meaning. And I think that that, that description really does more justice than I, I would have done on my own. I think that um, not only is this just a treasure trove of great, great words from great thinkers, but they are people that are truly um, attempting to get closer to Christ um, and, and the light of Christ. Um, that came at, at Christmas. And I think that the, it, it's, I'm looking forward to it being as good of a companion to me in the Advent season as the other text has been in the Lenten season. And um, as I said before, that, that other text and working with that and, and really being more contemplative during that season has changed my faith significantly. So um, I really look forward or look forward to reading it uh, starting on December 1st and uh 
maybe I'll keep you guys updated on social and how how it's going. But uh, yeah, pick up a copy of that when spring comes around. Grab the Lent one; they're great. Again, they're by Plow Plow Publishing, and this one's Readings for Advent and Christmas, and the other one is called Readings for Lent. So nice. Nate, do you want to uh, you want to bring us around town here? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to talk about a movie called First Reformed. And this is a movie that came out in May of this year. And I just watched it back in September and wanted to, to talk to you all about it because it's, it's a movie that grapples with issues of faith, uh, but it's more of, an art, more of an artistic film than we typically think of in kind of the faith genre. So um, the, the movie is directed by Paul Schrader, and it stars Ethan Hawke and Amanda Seyfried. And it's about a priest of a small congregation in upstate New York. And uh, it grapples with his kind of mounting despair that's, that's brought on by various tragedies. So um, he, he counsels a guy who's depressed about the environment and, and how the world is dying. And, and then the priest himself starts kind of going into depression. So it's some really hard topics. And I think, you know, a lot of times when we, when we watch faith-based movies, a lot of times they're very buoyant or like issues get solved very quickly um, and everything works out fine in the end. This movie is not like that. It, it really deals with issues in a, in, in a much tougher way. Not everything gets resolved. Uh, it's more of a dour kind of feel to the movie. And it's uh it's all shot in this four by three aspect ratio so rather than being your typical kind of widescreen movie that feels very open it's actually much taller than that and so it feels very compressed as you're watching it you kind of feel claustrophobic so it's a very interesting experience Um, i think this movie is definitely not for everyone i think uh in a way it kind of alienates its viewers in the same way that that uh, the 2016 film Silence did by Martin Scorsese in the sense that secular viewers won't necessarily like it because there's too much religion and like faith stuff in it. And Christians won't necessarily like it because it's not particularly, it's not particularly positive about Christians throughout. So it kind of alienates all of its viewers in a way. Um, and so it's definitely not like a popular movie uh, or, or a blockbuster. But I think for the people who, who do dig into it, um, it, it is an interesting film and one worth watching and one that will, will definitely cause you to think. Um, I would say who this movie is for would be uh, ideally a Christian who is um, interested in the arts and maybe interested in, in film and is uh, is strong enough that they're able to think critically about a piece of art that they're looking at because I, I don't think everything about this film is good, but I do think it raises some important topics and it uh, challenges believers in a way that a lot of faith-based films don't. So... Um, it is at times strange. It is always gritty and it's a little bit sad, but it is also very artfully done and that the acting is amazing. So for those of you who are into um, kind of edgier films or, or are interested in movies that are different than your typical faith-based fare, 
um, this is an interesting one to check out. Glad I'm glad you uh, spoke to that today, Nate, because I remember really wanting to catch that movie back when it was coming out, and it didn't happen, and it had honestly uh, slipped my mind, so now I'm really excited to go see that, so awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again for spending time with us, all you listeners. I hope that uh, some of the things that we've shared have been interesting to you, so please, if there's anything you want to share with us, feel free to comment make get in contact with us via social media you can check out our website you can read our blog posts uh we'd love to continue the conversation with you guys thanks again until next time see you see you next time